0: What's going on versus community? This is your boy Cell, along with my co-host.
1: Hey everybody, it's finally.
0: So after a long hiatus, we're finally back, waiting on the Singularity format. Got some new cards in. We definitely wanted to preview. Um yes, the team Apex did have a showing at uh C2E2. And uh, shout out to my, my guy uh Kendall Beddenfield for getting a uh, second place. Uh we can we've been so busy we haven't been able to do a podcast with him. So instead of holding up the show, we want to go ahead and get into uh, everything going on with Singularity format. So, on May 10th, we finally got some more cards and two new teams, Hammer and the Mutant Resistance. So, first up on those teams is some MCs. First MC for the Mutant Resistance is Cyclops. Cyclops is uh has range, he's 3-4 with 5 health and he has uh one ability. His first ability is they'll follow him. Main phase yellow ability. Draw a card if you have a face-up Brotherhood supporting character on your side. Draw a card if you have a face-up X-Men supporting character on your side. So sounds like one yellow could possibly net you two two draws for um, for that, that one ability. Now his level-up is the squad I've put together. So his... Uh, only one XP is needed. It says at the end of your turn, if you have at least one face-up, Brotherhood, Mute Resistance, and X-Men supporting character on your side, Cyclops gains an XP. So you only need to have one XP. The catch is you gotta make sure that you have three different, three people of three different teams face-up. So you gotta make sure you time-out when you hide people and, and flip people face-down because he needs all of those people face up in order to get XP. So before we discuss them, I'll go ahead and talk about his level two. Level two, trust the plan, main phase. Um, red, if you have at least one face-up, X, uh, one face-up Brotherhood, Mute Resistance, and X-Men supporting character on your side, put three one one counters on each of them. Uh, Cyclops stats, he still has range, but now he's a 9-4 with five health. So, uh, what's your thoughts, Vern? Uh,
1: well, right off the bat, because uh, he has five health, right? Yeah. So, uh, right off the bat, you see the issue is you want to get him leveled up fast enough to keep him alive. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that, that attack power is pretty good. Uh, he has range, so you can make safe attacks. Uh, his level up condition uh in the way he seems to, to work is most likely what you're trying to do is uh a, a strategy that has a balanced uh you, you're gonna want to balance everything between the teams and you might want to go with a swarm or short curve option uh so that you can drop multiple uh different drops probably on different teams at once. Even if you have to uh, not attack to get them leveled up, you can do that. So I don't, I don't really think this will be a difficult level up situation, especially when you got guys like Lambert out there. Because mm-hmm. Lambert, Lambert by himself can take care of two of the team affiliations. So well, you, you take care of all a,
0: three, technically. All three. Oh yeah, because so brotherhood, brotherhood, brotherhood is, is bad brotherhood. guys. Right, right, right.
1: Brotherhood is evil. Right. You got to gotta get a Brotherhood guy out there. Um, oh, okay. Yeah.
0: yeah, so if you whiff on turn one, you could bring out somebody that's got two health like Namor or um, – uh, what's the ferocious girl? Uh, Wolfsbane. with two health, and then on turn – oh, no. It would be, it'd be better if you had a Brotherhood character on turn two and then bring out Lambert on turn three
1: it could really be any combination of things. Uh mm-hmm. you might not even want to play might not even want to play a character on one. But then you know you got you got Kitty Pride who even if you don't put her out there on turn one, you could put her out there you know on an attack. Mhm. just to get her out there on the field. So it's it's a lot of options. Mm-hmm. You know they have a lot of uh, small drops. They had a few drops with with multiple health like Lockheed has 2 health. Spain has 2 health. Mhm. Uh yeah, name or has to help. Namor, yeah, name then brotherhood then, doesn't have anybody. You think two?
0: One of the thing's I was thinking: if you want to swarm the field, um, that draw ability is gonna help. But um, with Cyclops, but also Pyro is gonna help because he's gonna allow you to constantly bring out another character. Right. You know what I'm saying? And there'll be brotherhood, right. so you won't have a shortage of brotherhood people. If you place um if you play Pyro on turn one or turn two, you know you'll have Brotherhood people because the fireman pyro creates will make them Brotherhood.
1: And yeah, that's true. You
0: know, so uh you made a good point with Shadow Cat because now you could have Pyro and Shadow Cat for one drops. Now you know you're gonna have plenty of Brotherhood people. All you got left is to hold Shadow Cat in your hand and then on turn three play Lambert and you know uh, on turn two when you nullifying an attack on their second turn you play Shadow Cat, and then on turn three you play Lambert and he'll level up
1: because yep. you already
0: got the the, the um, Brotherhood people just from Pyro bringing folks out you know yep. so I can see him getting leveled up now my, my issue is his colors because he's yellow and, and red and there aren't a lot of yellow and
1: red people
0: on those three teams Oh, at least on yeah, Brotherhood. you and, and, haven't seen the
1: Resistance Team yet.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. So between X-Men and Brotherhood, I'm like, okay, who I want to use as yellow and red, especially early team. Now, I did think about Magic because you'll be able to save somebody, you know, and use their ability and then bring them back. But I'm like, okay, who would I be able to do that with if it, if it even came to that, you know? So, but him right. using his, uh, his red ability is definitely saying you want Swarm for the second, his uh, level two. But then you lost the ability to draw more cards to fill your hand up. You know what I'm saying? Now, I do like, I do like that you can get two cards if you have a Brotherhood and an X-Men face up. And I also like that his level up doesn't trigger until the end of the turn. So you can use that right. to your advantage to be able to draw a lot of cards. You know, I wish right. he, he was dual affiliated because I really don't think he's that strong of a character with four defense and five health. He really needed some wilds to get that that extra draw out of there. But you also can't afford to have him too small too late in the game because by mid-turn, people are going to be having six defense and now you need two characters just to stun somebody. You know, so you got to level them no later, than really no later than turn three. You know, turn four is pushing it because now people are going to have six defense. Spider-Gwen's got seven defense, stuff like that. So, But I think that draw ability is definitely going to come in handy. But we got to see the rest of the team to see how you would build it based off of what superpowers they would have. And is that draw ability going to be worth it? Because later in the game, you've now eaten away your yellows and wilds from the rest of the team you know so um but i think i think the dynamic for this set uh, what is this utopia yeah part one of utopia i think this is an interesting dynamic with a lot of these characters working together even though they're on different teams you need people from other teams in order to get stuff done so um our next MC is weapon omega now, Weapon Omega, level one. He's his team affiliation is Hammer. He is he has flight range three three six health. He has uh, one ability: mutant energy absor- absorption. Main phase blue. Each Brotherhood uh, mutant. What's the name of it? I don't forgot the name of the team affiliation. Mutant resistance. So we'll call him resistance. Okay. Each Brotherhood resistance and X Men supporting character on your side loses and can't gain powers. Put a 1-1 counter on Weapon Omega for each power lost this way. Now, that's a blue ability. That's a main phase ability. The Collective, uh, he needs 8 XP. When Weapon Omega gains a 1-1 counter, he gains an XP. And like I said, he's 6 health. So level 2 Weapon Omega just has the keyword, addicted to mutant energy. As a Brotherhood, Resistance, or X-Men supporting character appears on your side, it loses and can't gain powers. Put a 1-1 counter on Weapon Omega for each power lost this way. 6-6, 6 health, and flight range. So, I thought that this dude, when I first saw him, I was like, okay, this is going to be a problem. Because 8 XP is going to probably be kind of hard. Then I realized... If you play in him during the Children of the Atom format, you're going to have access to four calls, four sings, not sing, um, what's the name, dinosaur, four dinosaurs. And all the characters you're going to play from those three teams that power him up or give him counters, they're probably going to have at least two abilities anyway. You know, Iceman is going to give him two counters. Um, You're going to have somebody like Beast giving him two counters. Um, Cannonball can give him two counters. So I I really don't see how leveling him up by turn 3 if not faster is going to be a problem. You know, what you think, Bert? Uh
1: when I first saw this card, I just thought, oh, here's another guy who can get counters and can't keep them. But honestly, he may be the fastest counter uh procurer in the game so far because of the way he gets his counters. Yeah. So he he you can get you can use a blue to take away whatever powers of the characters you recruit. You know, take those powers away and put those counters on them. You know, depending on the situation, if you got a couple of characters out there, you might be getting three, four, five counters just off of that one blue. Right. And then once you add in all the other characters that's are already in the game that aren't X-Men or, you know, mutant characters that also generate counters you're talking about a guy that can get counters so fast that he can outpace pretty much any negative situation. So, uh, and then his, his, when he gets leveled up, now he's just getting counters just for you recruiting these guys. Right. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really seeing the downside to this situation. And then the (laughs) fact that he has that, the fact that he has flight and range on top of it. Right. uh, It's also a big deal. So, you can set it up where, you know, he has blockers in front of him and he's just taking the swing from the back. So, you know, uh, what exactly is your plan against this guy as far as his counters are, are concerned? You're packing flints now? You're packing calypsos, black cats? I mean, what are you doing? Right.
0: Because all the stuff that, so, that somebody will pack against him is going to be similar tech that you would pack against Thor. But he would be able to outpace Thor because all the anti-counter tech that he will put in his deck, he's not using anything out of the normal to be able to play. But that's a a bonus for him because he's going to play these characters, still be able to attack, and still get counters. Most likely, every character you play is going to give him a counter. But Thor needs what? Uh, The green to be able to Get his counters, a green and a blue. You know, or how however- he
1: has to get counters. He has to get counters on himself. Right. And then he has to use green to double the counters. If he can't get enough counters on him, he, he won't be able to stay to stay, stay with Omega, basically. Right. Right. And really, unless he's Thunderbolt and Omega every turn, I doubt he'll be able to outpace Omega that way either.
0: And Omega's gonna level. You can have a situation where you can delay Thor's level up. Yeah, it'll be hard, but you can delay Thor's level up with uh stall decks or not recruiting, you know, getting yourself stunned, that type of thing. Um But Omega's gonna level because he's gonna flip up, and every time you recruit somebody, you're probably getting two counters. I mean, like yeah. let's say on turn two. I play Iceman and I play Pyro. I just got four counters. I Thor is not gonna be seven seven on turn two. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. And on no, top and of that, Thor doesn't have range.
0: Right. Right. So um I'm like this this dude, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, this he gonna be a problem. He could be he gonna be a problem because later in the game when you need the MC to be a certain size, he won't be that size. He's going to be bigger because <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Every time you recruit somebody on curve, this dude is going to be at minimum seven seven. You know what I mean?
1: Also, uh, he takes away negative powers. So you know we got a few powers in this set that can be used against you. He'll Mm -hmm. take those powers away. Right. And uh, at least one of those characters is, is ridiculously big for his size. So,
0: right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So losing the negative output of those characters and keeping the positive of having them out is a huge plus for him, you know? So I, I definitely think that this dude in any format, because he, he's, because he's encompassing three teams, I think he could even be a threat in the scene format. We just need to see what else is uh, out there for resistance. You know what I mean? Because It's, it's definitely a
1: possibility.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he has so many different ways to gain counters. So I don't have to necessarily put anything extra in my deck to get him big if I don't want to. And Then some people are saying, oh, well, I'm going to lose my powers. I don't care. Because some of the people that I'm playing with, like Onus, Onus got 10 attack. I don't care that he loses a power. I'm going to still be able to attack with that ten. You know what I mean? Some, right. some of the people that you're going to be playing with, uh, you, you're not going to care that they lost their power because now your MC is even harder to hit, and him having range just makes him a problem. It just makes him a it just makes him a huge problem.
1: You know, so He's had hit people in the face. It's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Smash you in the face. If you can now smash me, cool. If you can't. That's a wrap Yep.
0: Because especially like I said in the SING format, the SING format is just a, is a, a aggro format. It is extremely aggro format because you don't have access to your probability like you usually would. The only thing you really right. have probability for is your locations. Everything else is one of. Okay. So now, Omega is balancing it out by saying, "I got access to three different teams that can make me big, and since you play in those three different teams, you might want to throw in their plot twists that help them out too.
1: yeah, we'll see one of those in its in this preview
0: <laughs> you know so it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting so now, moving on to um our next MC, which I thought is one of the cooler MCs, I thought it was interesting the way that they did this because they gave Emma Frost a level one, but then they gave her two different level twos. And all three of these cards are on different team affiliations. So Emma Frost, level one, has range 4-3 uh, for attack and defense, five health, and is an X-Men team-affiliated character. Her first ability is Schemer, is keyword. When you play your first plot twist each turn, you may draw a card. Keep in mind that's each turn, not your turn. So if you play a plot twist on someone else's turn, you also get to draw a card. It's, it sounds like my, my, my understanding of it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it Our sounds right. Yeah, so her level up fluid fidelity, she needs 5 XP. When you recruit a hammer or resistant supporting character, Emma gains an XP. When she levels up, she levels into either her Hammer or Resistance Level 2 card depending on the team affiliation of the last supporting character for whom she gained XP. That, to me, is pretty interesting depending on what we get for Resistance and what we get for Hammer because that means for the beginning of the game, she's in the back bucking shots and she's helping you draw cards, but she's not really assisting you until she, you, you, it basically, the way it will play out in the comics is she's going to be in the background until you convince her what team to join. All right. That's the way that this is playing out, which I think is why Schemer is such a good, good uh, ability for her for her level one. Because whatever you play that can level her up, that's the team she's going to join. So you don't need X Men in this deck per se, because once she levels up, you may not have any more X-Men to take, you know, to be able to use plot twists and stuff like that. I also think it's interesting that you can't make a mono deck out of Emma Frost. Because she's two different team affiliations, and to level her up, she can't level up with any X-Men. Right. So I don't think we've ever had a situation where an MC cannot be Mono. She literally cannot be Mono. So I thought that was an interesting dynamic. That being said, let's look at both her level 2s. Level 2 Emma Frost, Team Affiliation, Resistance has Mental Calculations at the start of your turn. Look at the top 4 cards of your deck. Put 2 on the bottom of your deck and the other 2 back on top. Her second ability, uh, Seeker of Peace, is a uh, superpower mental calculations of course uh, is a, like Modok and Red Skull is keyword. Seeker of Peace is a superpower. Any combat, red red ability. Choose an enemy attacker in the combat. It can't strike this turn. It may use this power any number of times each turn. So she has range. She's six seven with five health. So what do you think about uh? the resistance Emma Frost,
1: Vern? Uh, well, the resistance Emma Frost, I mean, I like it. (laughs) She has mental calculations. She has range. So, you know, you obviously going to want to be able to use mental calculations every turn, if possible, you're going to try to keep her from getting stunned. Uh, and at the same time, she has enough attack where she's, uh, she's useful Mm -hmm. on attack. Um, it's the resistance Emma Frost, so it's really, it's not a lot I can say about, you know, how she fits with her team. Right. Because we don't know much about her, her team, really. Right. But, um, you know, first glance, the combination of powers that she has is good. And, I mean, being able to strike twice, I mean. No, that's the next power. Oh, that's the next one. Right. Wait, what's, what's this one? Seeker of Peace. This is anytime
0: combat, red, choose an enemy character, enemy attacker, it can't strike this turn.
1: Oh, uh, well, yeah. (laughs) I'll take that, too. Right. That's just just the opposite. So you have to attack me, and I can just say, yeah, that attack won't work, and I'm still striking you. Yeah, I'll take that.
0: And keep in mind, she can do that any combat. So she doesn't have to be in the combat, and it doesn't have to be, um, I believe, how does it? Because it says enemy attacker. Okay. So since it says enemy attacker, then they have to be attacking your side of the field. So it's the other opponent's uh, turn to attack. You know, so that's a pretty good defensive ability. It, it reminds me of um, Phoenix, where she says any turn, and she can negate. Combat, so even if you have a character and somebody plays a plot twist, you know she could shut off the attack, you know,
1: so yeah, I, I hate that power, I'm good with it,
0: yeah, yeah that's that's I also like that because she's red and she doesn't use any other superpower that gives you room for other locations, you know, uh to be able to go get something that can make her bigger to be able to get uh some gems, anything like that, so um it leaves you maneuverability in the deck. So depending on what you are, are leaning towards, be it resistance or hammer, that could change what your second or third um, locations might be. You know, anybody,
1: you, know, you know, calculations will help her cycle through that. So even if it's like if you got some wilds in there that are for the other for, the, for other iteration or, or transformation, you can just skip right past it. Right. Right. So
0: um, the odds of you having waste is is real slim. You know, uh, you being able to get to what you need, especially for children of the Adam, going back to having four copies or something versus singularity, you being able to get to what you need. It's going to be pretty high. Seven defense, just like we know from dealing with Spider-Gwen, is a good ability. That seven defense is high defense, especially the faster you level her up. So the faster you level her up, the faster you're going to see uh, mental calculations and you're going to be able to get your field big because anytime somebody's swinging, you're going to be able to shut it off. Now, here's the catch I think that's interesting with her. You're going to want to put your range people up front, even if they don't have flight, just because it's going to force somebody to second- Second guess whether they want to attack Emma Frost or whether they want to attack or have to attack whoever's up front, because if they they can't strike, but your character still can, and you have stuff in your deck that's going to like um, Savage Surprise or whatever it is, um, they're gonna you're gonna force them to think twice. Only thing I don't like about that is uh, if you have the resistance people, hopefully they'll have enough range to be able to. You know, make people think twice before they just start swinging in and start wasting attacks. You know, and trying to trying to whittle you down because this secondary ability, secret piece, it allows you to keep your board big while still you know popping uh, popping shots at their side of the field and whittling them down. So, like I said, I, I definitely like this version, of Emma Frost. So now the second version of Emma Frost is Hammer affiliated. Now she's seven six with six health, two abilities keyword enhanced durability. if Emma gets stunned other than by getting struck in combat, she doesn't get wounded and keeper of law, any combat green choose a character on your side in the combat it strikes an additional time this combat Emma may use Emma may use this power any number of times each turn so I personally like the other version better because it gives you control and you can build a deck that's based around uh, aggro. But I do understand that that means if I get myself stunned off some negatives, if I get stunned off of um, Shadow King's ability or something like that, any out-of-combat effects that stun me, I won't get wounded. I also like that if I get stunned And I flip face down you've lost your ability to give me a wound it's not a situation where um, I flip back up which I think is the difference between enhanced durability and durable because I think with durable you flip back up but you don't take a wound with enhanced durability she says she doesn't get wounded but she's not flipping back face up so she's not as vulnerable this time around you know what I mean
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so uh also with keeper of law I get that this is more offensive base because she doesn't have range. You want her in the front. They even got her in the diamond form uh for her uh image because it's two different two different images. She's in diamond form for this image. And it says they get to strike an additional time. Now, I'm gonna just read what it says from the blog, what Super Awesome Games says in the blog. It says note. Keeper of Law allows a character to strike an additional time in a combat. The character can strike different characters if they're being team attacked, for example. Or they can strike the same character multiple times. Also, Emma can use this any number of times each turn, including multiple times in the same combat. So a character could even strike three or more times in a single combat. Okay, that is not explaining to me am I if I'm striking, am I also wounding? Because striking a wound is not the same.
1: No, it's not the same. You know what I mean? I don't see anything that I'm not saying anything that's saying you can have an extra wound. I think what you're doing, because even if you go back to like Blob and how he can add his strike or add, you know, his opponents or whatever character strike to himself. Mm-hmm. You know, even if even if you do that and blob strikes, and you're would, you not, you're not doubling the amount of wounds. You're just adding an attack to the strike. So I haven't had a chance to really analyze this, or
0: so look in the group dealing with work. But how is this – how is attacking – now, obviously, it makes sense if it's a team attack and somebody's attacking you. You know what I'm saying? Because her ability works on attack and defense. It says choose a character right. on your side in the combat. Whereas Seeker of Peace says choose an enemy attacker in the combat. So this ability works on attack and defense. Okay, cool. How is striking multiple times beneficial outside of team attacks? Well is it triggering an ability?
1: Is is some abilities. No, it's, it's just it's it's just like get adding an attack pump that you don't have. So if I if I have it allows you to make up up the curve attacks so if i have a character that has three attack you have a character that has six defense i can swing with that character double strike to make my attack six or at least i could I, I, i guess it wouldn't add it wouldn't make my attack six so to speak but it would be as if you're getting struck with six because you're getting struck twice right
0: but is that saying that see that means that your attacks are stacking but that doesn't. This right. doesn't sound like your attacks get to stack, though.
1: Oh, you're striking twice. I'm hitting you with three. I'm hitting you with another three.
0: Right. It would be but just the, as if you. It would be just as if you are. The opponent hmm? isn't. The opponent isn't losing defense over that, though.
1: No. You, because you're there's taking, still
0: six defense. If you're three attack, there's still six defense. If I strike, you're still six defense. If I strike again, you're still six defense. How's my, deep, my attack going up, though? It's the
1: same as if you're team attacking. There's going to be multiple strikes in that team attack. I'm striking for three. You're striking for three. Add that together, that's six. Now this time, oh, I'm I team
0: you. attacking I, I, see, I see what you're Right.
1: You, so, you, you he, team attacking
0: with yourself. Peace.
1: Spicy, you about to take these good hands. Right, I got Two you. Times.
0: <laughs> I got you, okay. Okay, I, w- oh. I want to definitely see a rule clarification on that because I don't want to be stuck with no oh, keeper of law. And then be like, oh, that's not how it's played. Oh, well, let me, let me just go home from Origins then. Let me go, <laughs> yeah, okay. you know.
1: Be how it's played today, fool.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. So we get, some, get something clear. Up. Yeah, so now I thought this next MC. I thought he was definitely interesting because is this the first MC we've had? No, no, no. Death doesn't have a team affiliation. But Simon Trask now also does not have a team affiliation.
1: Which is interesting. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm like, huh. Because if, you, if you're not team affiliated, you got to bring some heat. Because that means that no wilds can be used for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there's no cards that are giving a team affiliation to an MC. So, nope. so it would be different if there was a team that gave a, a character or an MC a team affiliation. Then you could always just throw them in the deck, give your MC a team affiliation, then use those characters and and team attack and all that type of stuff. You don't have a team affiliation, you can't even team attack you know nope. so simon trask has no team affiliation his level 1 he's 06 so he has no attack 6 6 defense enough matches his card because his card is uh he's got his arms folded like i'm i'm just here to cut a deal you know so his first ability is keyword humanity now says you can't put brotherhood resistance or x men cards in your deck we know he is gigantic racist, bigot, prejudice, whatever against me.
1: That's racist. Right.
0: So that is to be expected for him. So Proposition X, level up 5 XP. When an enemy character appears, Trash gains 1 XP for each team affiliation it has that it doesn't share with the character on your side. So considering the fact that um, Children of the Adam says you can play with four teams. Is this dude able to be played in the Children of the Adam format?
1: I have no idea.
0: Because if, <laughs> if he can get played, then death can get played. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. um, that's, a, that's a question definitely get, need to ask for the group. So um, 5 XP doesn't seem like a big deal. Six defense is definitely holding people off for the interim. I think he's going to have a problem with Thor because Thor just teamed up with Falcon. But Thor does what he does. So, uh, but six health. Uh, I'm not. You no, know, he has five health in his level one. But his level two, no team affiliation, six health. And he has range and he's 5'8". So his defense went up. So now it says his, he has keyword bio sentinel. Now, according to the blog, Biosentinel is a keyword power that has no built-in effect. Instead, it is referenced by Trask other powers. So that's pretty good. So now, he has two different powers that react with Biosentinel. So one keyword, the bloodline must be purged. When an enemy, Brotherhood, Resistance, or X-Men character gets stunned, you may ready each Biosentinel on your side. So, that means... When those people get stunned, he gets to ready. When those, those three team affiliations get stunned, that's pretty good. So also, um, his second ability, which is a superpower, Human Sentinel 1, main phase, yellow or blue, choose a supporting character on your side to become a Bio-Sentinel with plus 5 attack, range, and lethal this turn. At the end of your turn, KO it that's kind of ridiculous because even though you're only making one character bio sentinel giving anybody plus five attack range and lethal that's a lot it is that is a lot (laughs) it really is now the only downside I don't like about the bloodline must be purged Can you think offhand, as of today, what enemy characters, what what people are going in the deck that are Brotherhood, Resistance, or X-Men? Right now? Yeah. I can't think of any (laughs) character. You know what I'm saying? I can't think of any characters that's going in the deck that's of those three teams. Obviously, Resistance hasn't even come out yet, but as far as Brotherhood or X-Men, I'm like... I don't know any characters that I would, that's just, you know, maybe Omega Red, but that's late game. I'm thinking at least mid game, who would I be using? Onus, you know, we'd probably see at least an Onus in the deck for a Sing and Children of the Atom definitely probably see Onus. So that's, you know, decent early to mid game play right there. But Onus being 10 attack, you could probably see him at any point during Children of the Atom format,
1: you know, but. Yeah, I think the formats just, I think the formats kind of throw that off. I do too. Uh, yeah, because I do think that uh, with the new cards and with uh, the different powers and with the different gems that we might be seeing more characters that fit this uh, team or fit it, whatever this stipulation is that there might there might be more that appear. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to even say that with you know with the formats. I, I think the same format will have a few right that show up right because it just. Just suits the format. I mean, Lambert would count, for example.
0: Right, right. So
1: But can we even, you know, you, you're not gonna play this guy just because you hope to see Lambert. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, exactly.
1: Oh yeah, you finally got that Lambert. I've been waiting for this for five games.
0: Right. So yeah, I'm 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 thinking to myself, like even if somebody you may have some good, good uh MCs for these three teams. So that would be what you would be focusing on. Right. You know. And like I said, that, that also depends on if you can even play this dude at the tournament. Because if you if they open the door and say this dude gets played, that means death can get played. And that's gonna open oh. up a whole nother ball of wax. That that's a whole yeah. whole nother thing having death well, get he, played at that tournament.
1: He'd be ridiculous at the tournament. Yeah. Because <laughs> All the LCs for the most part are gonna be are gonna fit the bill.
0: Right. They have to. But uh you know so. the
1: question is will he work insane? Because I'm not, you know, I'm not really so sure, you know, I haven't really delved into it, but I'm not so sure he needs his first ability to be effective. Oh, I don't think he
0: does. My my main complaint would be it's a useless ability. It's it's too specific. On a main character to me. Like I think a main character. Should have an ability. That should be getting used all the time. Now granted Trask. This is definitely on theme for him. As far as his level one. His level two. This is on theme. Straight out the comics. Okay that's cool. I like the flavor of it. But as far as like being able to use these abilities. I'm not using bloodline must be purged. Just because my opponent probably ain't even playing no X-Men. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who who going to be yep. playing some some brotherhood? You, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things where it's like, ugh, they took up a whole spot for a superpower or a keyword based on something I'm probably never going to use. You know, so now, now if I could give a team affiliation to someone with let's say some of the cards that's coming out in the Utopia set, by the time Utopia set is done and I can give a team affiliation or take a team affiliation from somebody, with a plot twist, that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story, you know, so um, but Human Sentinel 1, that's just banging your head. Plus 5 range lethal. Yeah, yeah. Ain't ain't nothing bad to say about that. And I get to use two different colors for it too. Yellow and blue. Yeah, I ain't got nothing bad to say about that. And, And like I said, giving folks lethal means I can get rid of these people. You know, so because to me that's a cheaper version, if not almost on par with um. What gym is that that gives people plus ten attack?
1: Oh, Power Gym.
0: Yeah, to me this might even be better than Power Gym.
1: Because depending on the situation, right?
0: Because I might need that lethal in that range, you know. Because I might need that range just to make sure that I can team attack with somebody. But the only person I'm losing is the one that turned into the bio sentinel. I'm not lo- losing both people. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, it seems like a lot of these characters <clears throat> may actually want weenies. You know? Yeah, because you know cross, another thing. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Another thing I noticed about uh, this particular character is it opens up uh, the the thought process of playing characters that aren't really being played very much. Mm-hmm. Characters are on teams that we aren't seeing to help them level up faster. Yep, I agree. And then he could make those characters better with his uh, biosensional power.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because he, him not having a team affiliation means he could theoretically use three colors. And right now, spaces are right up for grabs just because of Milano. You know, yeah. because of Milano and um, um, the Nova Corp, you know, so he could put – you could put a blue, a yellow, and a space in the deck, still have 12 locations, you know, and, and get some some really good uh, tech out of that because him, having him get range – no, having him get flight and a counter, he'd be 6'9". You're going to have some problems already getting over his defense as an 8. Defense, you know, so I think that's gonna really be be up his alley. Same thing with um, weapon Omega getting space and getting counters from uh, uh, Milano,
1: you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so many ways to give Omega counters. I don't know what
0: <laughs> I don't I understand the negativity towards. The
1: I, I, I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. He, he can get huge, yeah,
0: easily, easily. So, like I said, that's um. That's it for the MCs, so now let's check out. uh, They got three SCs for support characters. All three are Hammer Team affiliation, so that's good, because at least we've seen some uh, more Hammer people, see what they do. So, we got Cloak, Hammer Affiliation, three costs with Flight. He's 331 Health, and he has, for keyword, Dark Force Channeling. When another character appears on a side, put Minus one, minus one counters on it equal to its cost. Shifting loyalties at the end of your turn. Face up enemy uh, Brotherhood, Resistance, or X-Men character. And Cloak has Hammer. He moves to that side, loses his. Then gains X, gains Brotherhood, Resistance, and/or X-Men, respectively. So it looks like he might oh, be able to have. There's a lot going on there, man. Yeah. Yeah. The shift in loyalties, because that minus one, minus one is no big deal. I uh, know he says another character appears on the side, put minus one, minus one counters on it equal to its cost. So that's that's a pretty good ability. So now,
1: um, so uh, he get dangerous. I got confused in all that reading you were doing. Uh, does, this effect, does this effect go against your team as well, or just your opponents.
0: It it looks like it goes against your team, too,
1: because it says when another character
0: appears on a side.
1: Well, there you go. So, okay.
0: so, um, you definitely need the other dagger to shut that nonsense off. But this shift in loyalties, reading this multiple times, and breaking this down, and seeing Cloak's affiliation is hammer. This is a gigantic, huge pain. Because... You don't get to... How can I put this? Because this kicks in at the end of your turn, you may not have him on the field long enough to affect somebody else. So let's say, for example, you play uh, a three-drop, and then you play Cloak, right? At the end of your turn, if your opponent has a face-up Brotherhood, Resistance, or X-Men character, and Cloak has Hammer affiliation, he moves to their side of the field, loses Hammer... And then gains uh, Brotherhood, Resistance, and or X-Men, respectively. So that means since he loses Hammer and gains one of those team affiliations, that ability only triggers once. You don't get him back. Because he doesn't have Hammer anymore to trigger shifting loyalties. So you would need to play Cloak late. And hopefully, at the end of your turn your opponent doesn't have um, an X-Men character out. So you know what that means. Everybody's going to throw Shadowcat in their deck. So you can have a situation where, as you see on the field, they have no X-Men resistance or Brotherhood characters on the field. So you play Cloak, you play another character, because you know when they bring out their six or seven drop. Cloak is going to give them six negative counters based off their cost. But if you attack the same turn, you bring out Cloak, and they bring out Shadowcat, at the end of your
1: turn, you lose Cloak. Uh how many powers does he have on his uh, card again? Two. Three. Two, two, three. Three. Okay. So here's what I have to say about Cloak. He don't work with Weapon like, Omega. Uh,
0: so I'm just letting Let's, you know that now. He don't work with said what?
1: He don't work with Me- Weapon Omega.
0: Why not? Because he's Hammer. He's not a mutant. Weapon Omega says, scrolling up, as a Brotherhood resistance where X-Men supporting character appears on your side, it loses and can't gain powers.
1: He's totally. Hammer. I don't, I don't like him.
0: Right. I don't. I, that mess is too, too risky. He's extremely powerful. Because he can dump all those counters on somebody based on their cost. But like I said, at the end of the turn, if they pop up and somehow get one of those other teams on the field, you lose Cloak. And now you got to deal with him because he's not coming back to your side.
1: I mean, it's it's a high risk, high reward situation that probably only really works if you get... You got to get both Cloak and Dagger out there at the same same time. time. And then... You have to keep both of them alive, and you have to keep <laughs> you have to keep a mutant character off your opponents. I just don't really see the I don't really see the benefit. Me either. At least without seeing the rest of these cards, I need to see something else. Right,
0: right. Because see, here's here's Dagger, the two drop hammer, and and she's two five. And one thing she says is. Uh, She has life force manipulation. Says, if if a negative one, negative one counter will be put on the character on your side, you may put a plus one, plus one counter on that character instead. Did you hear me?
1: Yep.
0: Okay, just checking. So, she also has shifting loyalties. So, if you lose cloak, but somehow don't lose dagger, that means every time you play a character, then Dagger's ability would have cloak put plus one counters on your people instead of negatives on your people. Right. But because she has shifting loyalties, if you played them both at the same time, you done for either way.
1: Exactly so you're losing both <laughs> of them. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm straight. As as of now, I'm straight on these cards, man. They they just in the pack right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for real. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, this is this is, because that's a that's right. a rough late game play.
1: Somebody somebody smarter than me gonna have to figure these out until, so I'm until I see till I see the rest of the evidence that they should be played. I'm I'm good, man.
0: Especially with the them. lower stats and one health, because cloak stats is three three with flight. At least dagger got five for uh, defense. You know, and I'm like, good yeah, I agree. You
1: keep all of that, man.
0: So now, however, your boy Namor, different story. Different story. If there's a way to get rid of his, uh, this shift in loyalties, Namor might be worth playing, especially in a sing format. So Namor is hammer, seven health, flight, nine, nine, two health, seven, seven cost, rather, two health, nine, nine, flight. He has imperious Rex, uh, combat, any. Uh no, no. This is uh the combat ability, but it's um any combat. No, no, how do how do we use that purple symbol? 'Cause he has he has a purple symbol on him for combat. So he can use this on offense and defense. Right. So double Namor's current attack and defense until the end of the combat. So that's that's huge. And then of course he has shifting loyalties, which we just talked about. If you got a way to get rid of shifting loyalties. You got something. That's the catch. Because what you would probably have to do. If somebody played this. And you are not playing any X-Men people. You'd have to negate shifting loyalties. With. um, Nullifier. No but none It would only work on people on your side of the field. On their side of the field wouldn't it? It wouldn't nullify everything.
1: And the fire isn't going to work. Because
0: I'm like, how can you get rid like... of shifting loyalties? Because this mess is straight garbage. This is trash. <laughs> just... I'm like, ugh. This, I, I... All I focused on when this set came out was Weapon Omega and shifting loyalties. I haven't even paid attention to most of these cards. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I'm just thinking, like, how can you get rid of shifting loyalties because you can't get anybody back.
1: Well, you might not be able to get rid of shifting loyalties. What you can do is smash somebody in the face. <laughs> With 18 and 18, when you flip that green on That's That's, that's true. true. You, can, you can take out Gilgamesh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and not even get struck back. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I'm, I'm like, like I said, that's shifting loyalties. is just... Grade A trash. I'm like, I understand that these abilities means you have to balance it out, but it's so high risk, high reward. You know what? Some poker players are going to have to figure this out. That's what it is. People that's used to high stakes games, they're the ones who understand how this card works. You know what I mean? And when it would be the best time, probability-wise, for you to play a card that has shifting loyalties... Outside the obvious, you know, and what your odds are of being able to pull this off in a format that is not children of the Atom.
1: The shift in loyalties apply to just supporting characters, or does it also apply to main character?
0: It says if there is a face-up enemy, Brotherhood, oh, Resistance, yes. or X Men. So even the <laughs> it's triggering rough, e- even man. off the main character. You know what I mean? That's rough. So. You might want to play Namor because Namor is going to be able to, you know, hit people in the face, and be able to defend because he got the flight. But then on the flip side, all somebody got to do is play Omega Red on seven, and Namor gone. They even got to attack him. You know what I mean? Like you get yeah, have, have, have Omega Red and have him. I don't know. Have him have a uh, uh, a camouflage, active camo. And now he got stealth. He can just get the people in the back. And then at the end of your turn, if somebody's still face up, because they got to go through Namor, somebody's still face up, that's one of those team affiliations, Namor coming to your side. So you ain't even got to sweat it. It reminds me of with with Loki back in the day when people was playing Loki and they wouldn't attack Loki, the uh, female Loki from A-Force, because they knew on turn seven they had somebody with a higher attack than anybody on your side. So instead of attacking that Loki, they would just get that Loki to their side of the field, and you lose a character anyway. That's what shifting loyalties reminds me of. It's like y'all made three different characters that's got that Loki ability.
1: It doesn't doesn't shifting loyalties kick off at the end of your turn?
0: Right, but because it kicks off at the end of your turn, and it does say face up, you have an opportunity to possibly keep these people, you know, get their whole team face down. But you also have a situation where. Hey, if that doesn't happen, you lose people. Because oh, yeah. all, all somebody's gotta do, all somebody's gotta do is wait for your very last attack. And then just play a play a um Shadow Cat. Yep. That's it. That's it. I'm play the Shadow Cat. All your people exhausted. Shifting loyalty loyalties kick in. I'm gonna take your cloak and dagger. Boom. That's it. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? That's it. So I'm that's, I'm just like, that is man, but 18, 18 for green and man Namor got flight out of the, And that's turn seven. Right, that's turn seven. So well, that's what turn eight me. you
1: can play Gilgamesh and have two ridiculous characters out there. Yep. Yep. So uh, with
0: flight. Still blocking. You know, so I'm like, I don't know, it would Namor actually be worth it. And I want to find um I wish we had a plot twist that could take your attack, your defense out and add it to your attack like we did in some of the old games and that Mm -hmm. way Namor would get stunned. And if he's face down at the end of the turn his ability won't, that shift in loyalties won't kick in. And it'll be worth it for him because he's got two health, but Cloak and Dagger only have one health apiece. So I really can't see the benefit of playing Cloak and Dagger. I could easily see the benefit of playing Namor. You know, so I I don't know. Somebody gonna have to explain it, break it down to me.
1: You know, we'll so we'll see what let's see what the next set looks like. Yeah. Oh, so we got what our, let's see what the rest of the cars look like.
0: Yeah. So we got our last.
1: Wait our a last, minute. What, go what if you have reality, Jim?
0: What you mean? Well, you flip something down and flip Namor down.
1: You're right. You can flip your. You can either flip your own characters down, or you can flip. Whatever, whatever character that has that affiliation down. Oh, you mean with shifting loyalties? Right. So, okay, I got, let's say I got Cloak, Dagger, and Namor out there, and they got one or two characters that have, you know, those mutant affiliations. Mm-hmm. If I can stun one of those characters and then I can flip the other character down with reality jump, mm-hmm. then shifting loyalties won't kick in, right? True.
0: But here's, here's the catch. Cloak and Dagger's abilities trigger every time a character appears, so that means especially this dude Cloak. Cloak is only gonna hurt you then, because he'll only be face up when you are attacking. He'll never be face up on somebody else's team.
1: So oh no, I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm not trying to turn down. Uh, my my goal would be to keep you know keep Cloak and Dagger face up, right, and just turn down. Oh the, no, the whatever people that
0: triggered the shifting in loyalties right I got turn you. them down okay, no that makes sense no that definitely that that makes sense in that, that sense of the you know the the ability, but like i said I, now in that situation, I don't know if you'd be that's it. having multiple people with shifting loyalties adds to your probability of one of them leaving.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm not saying this is a likely scenario.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now, what you described, though, definitely works for Namor. Because if I flip a green so Namor can smash Gilgamesh in the face and already got reality gem, chances are whoever has reality gem on them is going to lose reality gem because they'll be vulnerable. But Namor will still have two health. And in that situation, it might be worse. And he can defend himself. Exactly. So in that situation, it definitely might be worth it. You know, you know what? Now that you brought it up, that might that combo might work good in Trask because Trask already is low on um, low on um, locations. He's already low on locations. So you can use multiple colors and locations and you're probably going to be able to uh, use Wakanda to go get stuff that you need. So he might be able to use that in his favor and then use them by, uh, what is it, Human Sentinel? Human Sentinel 1 is going to get people lethal. So even if you have somebody that has multiple health that has the same team affiliation, you can get rid of those people. Yeah, You know, so Trask, that, that combo you described actually might work with Trask and Namor because then Namor can do his thing, flip face down, be able to use Reality Gem to manipulate their side of the field, so... That 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 might be something that uh, uh trash might be looking into using them gems to his uh to his favor, because he already has big enough defense that he might be able to underdrop, and still make a go of it, you know. So, but our last uh our last plot twist is sacred ground, so it's a combat. I keep forgetting the names of the, the purple symbol but it's a, it's a any combat or any, is it any combat any turn whatever purple symbol combat
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's any combat but it's you're talking about any turn combat
0: right it's not any turn no it's any turn combat right
1: I believe so I, I believe Sacred Ground is any turn combat
0: okay okay that's, I think that's what the problem because it's not any time you know what I'm saying because uh, Emma Frost, hers is any turn, any time, any combat. That's what it is. Right. It's. Um, but this is just um, just the purple symbol by itself. So anyway, uh, a Brotherhood resistance or X Men character on your side in the combat may pay up any power symbol. If they do, they get plus three, plus three. This co- this combat. If they paid with Asteroid M, Utopia, or School of Gifted Youngsters. They get plus six plus six instead. That's ridiculous. That, that is I mean, ridiculous. Stop <laughs> that I'm, i mean, Stop playing. You can use any power symbol to trigger this. So that means you can use all six locations just to give somebody three three. And if you use Wild for the mutant factions, which is Resistance Brothers at X Men, you get six six instead. Nothing bad to say about this plot twist.
1: Nope. Absolutely nothing. It's and, pretty selfish. It's Ever devastating as unwavering loyalty is. I mean, this is this potentially could be twice that in one card. I mean, we know how good Senator Six is, so right. This is basically a, a this is basically Sinister 6 without the restrictions of only having one Sinister 6 card but you just have to pay for it. I'll pay for that every time.
0: Every single time. Cuz now it's it's not like hey I'm waiting to get this character so I can use this ability. You know what I mean? And then when you think about it, you have a situation where um Weapon Omega is taking people's powers. Okay? So what if he's taking their powers? That's fine. But in his situation, once he levels up, he doesn't need any more locations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now that he doesn't need any more locations, you may actually want to put like high risk, high reward, you may actually want to put all three of those Wilds in a Weapon Omega deck just because you know you'll have the team affiliation necessary to make somebody 6-6. And you know you're playing with three lam- all four Lamberts. So you know he's going to be able to use Utopia and he's going to be able to use School of Gifted to be able to trigger this. And he ain't getting stunned back. And this is both offense and defense. So it's a, it's a great card, man. Dude, combine this with a uh, Savage Surprise, and people gonna always be thinking twice for every single card you play.
1: You, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I mean, I mean, Emma Frost can really use this.
0: Yeah, because all all versions of her, uh, no one version of her, because she'll be X Men or uh, Resistance. Hammer can't use it, but like I said, adding this to the mix, and you using somebody that's like like I said with Weapon Omega that's taking powers away. Okay, I'm gonna play Onus, and then I'm gonna play Pyro. That just gave Omega three powers, uh, three three uh, counters. Right, he just got three counters. I got two people out that can use this card. Okay. I don't care what power simple I got. If you see a mutant and you know I got locations, I might have his card.
1: Right? It's it's a this whole set seems to be about uh, making you second guess about attacking and trying to preserve your field with cards like this, man. It's, it's, I think it's a they're trying to get a little bit more swarm involved now. I do too. And now that
0: I think about it. Now that I think about it, I might – you you would put this in a Cyclops deck, and that would keep your people alive because I, I don't care for Cyclops card because of his low defensive five health. But now that I think about it, this obviously is going to keep him alive in addition to fine, co- fine cover and shock, you know, yeah, so.
1: I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to put this in.
0: all. <laughs> how can I put this in every, every day, single deck? Every,
1: every deck, deck possible.
0: <laughs> and when you think about somebody like – you think about somebody like x23 x23 is going to be able to use this she's already six defense when you attack her so now you got to be 12 defense just to stun her if she pulls this off this could single-handedly increase her ability to heal because i've had situations where you just pull a crappy deck you just pull a crappy hand and you're trying to scramble to find another green and you using defensive cards to keep you alive. Sacred Ground is now putting four more defensive cards in your deck. Yep. So this
1: is it's this is powerful.
0: Yeah, like I said, being able to trigger this off of um any location, being able to trigger this off any location is
1: huge.
0: That's huge. Because you'll have a situation where you got locations that don't have characters. This one card can right. balance the, t- the table. You know, like I said, plus six, plus six. Whew. That's like I said. This is this is, man. Some of these plot twists <laughs> is getting ridiculous. Because you combine they show lane. You combine this with something like uh, Homeland for uh, the Shield team. That's already four four when you um on the defense, then you play this on the offense, you know, with people that's in your deck. This is ridiculous. Then you got <laughs> see, I mean think about it too. You got you got combos you can do because let's say you got pyro. You flip pyro, let's say you get a three drop, you know, and you make them Brotherhood. Okay, fine. Let's say they got four attack and pyro got you know one attack but even with four attack just being able to use sacred ground on that character is going to make them ten ten attack but you still got access to pyro though and chances are with six attack you're not going to get stunned you know and then people over here swinging at onus because he got one defense you're going to need to be able to take him out with a um with a leviathan a wasp or um black widow you're not going to be able to to swing on Onus and think you're gonna get away with it,
1: so it, it really makes you scared to attack now.
0: Yeah, especially if some of these characters got range, because now the character you got that's got range isn't protected, and then then depending on the situation, you might actually bounce off a uh, um, a, Char- a Charlie twenty seven. You might actually bounce him off. Because getting six, six defense plus six plus six is huge, and any power symbol can trigger this. So like I said it's it it really really has you thinking like what to be able to do, and some of these mono decks are going to capitalize on this because people are going to be bringing for I'm sure they're going to have either X Men Resistance or Brotherhood mono deck just so they can use Sacred Ground. And so they can use unwavering loyalty and shock and fine cover. And because they are, they're a mono team, they're always going to be able to team attack and whittle your side of the field down. Now that, I, now, now that I'm thinking about it, Cyclops might be pretty good mono then.
1: Oh, uh, you can't make Cyclops by the way. Why not?
0: Oh, you got to have all these other teams face
1: up. Man, unless you're talking about old school Cyclops.
0: Mm. No, I don't think I'm talking about old school cyclops. <laughs> I ain't talking about old school cyclops.
1: Uh, you know who really this is. Oh, card Cyclops here.
0: and Emma Frost art cannot be mono. I just realized it. Right. Cyclops and Emma Frost can't be mono.
1: Okay. Right. Gotcha. Hmm. That's interesting. I tell you, I tell you who can be mono with this with this card. Who's that? Juggernaut. Smashing you in the face.
0: In my mind, man, I just packed my luggage and went home. I once you said that, I was like, nah, I don't even want to play this game no more.
1: Smashing. Thinking,
0: thinking you about in thinking about Juggernaut. Face. You know how easy it's going to be to level this dude up now. What's the odds that he's going to be able to to get stunned? Because if you got sacred ground, or you have Hawkins. What what are the odds of him getting stunned those first three times he attacks? And then he gonna be what eight eight? And then he doesn't he only uses greens, so he can put space in there, give himself Milano, still be able to flip his green and still attack both your sides of the field, you know, the front row and the back row, and then not get stunned. Man, I
1: quit. Oh, I quit. To tier one, sir.
0: Man, I quit. <laughs> skip, skip you. Your mama, your dog. Skip all y'all. I'm going home. I, I ain't even. I ain't even be playing this game no more, man. Shoot. Cancel my hotel. I ain't going to Origins, man. I ain't talking to none of y'all no more. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even thought about Juggernaut, man. You spoil it best for me now.
1: Oh man, it'll be. It'll be okay. You can only put one of them. <laughs> you put one of them in a day for sing. Wait till this dude show up at a uh, Children of the
0: Adam format.
1: Hey. Hey, we'll we'll have to see what happens, man. We'll have to Ooh, see what happens. That's ridiculous.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah, uh, every juggernaut, it's gonna be 20 juggernaut decks. <laughs> Might be more every everybody playing juggernaut. It's, it's gonna be forty juggernauts and two shadow cats.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: This mess is ridiculous.
0: But i I still gotta figure out shifting loyalties, man. i I'm, I'm gonna have to think about it in between studying with work and stuff
1: do don't 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 do it to yourself, man. Like I said, if anybody got any ideas anybody you got ever any seen ideas, so let us know. I'm about to I'm about to file all, all that shifted loyalties away and I don't wanna think about a cabinet until I see something that makes me pull it back out. So but that Namor though.
0: Yeah. Namor might be worth it. Namor might be worth it. Namor and, and now that I think about it, with Namor, he might be worth it just because late game won't have those people. Because does Brotherhood have anything past seven?
1: Nobody. None of those characters. None of those teams have anything past seven,
0: as far as we know for now.
1: So that we means, don't know what Resistance might have,
0: right? But that also that like I said, that means that that makes Namor that much more valuable because somebody can sit back and say. I'll underdrop one of my X-Men characters I didn't play earlier or Brotherhood characters I didn't play earlier just so I could snatch name Namor, but...
1: They Namor will just smash them in the face.
0: No, no. They may have multiple health. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like I said, they can play Cat. There's plenty of things they could do, you know, so they can snatch your Namor. But it's going to cost them something to do it. They're not just going to be right. able to play an uh, 8-drop X-Men character with stealth, you know, some nonsense, and work their way around. Like I said, they could play Omega Red and then have some stealth on Omega Red somehow on turn 8. You know, that that might be worth it because let's say you play Jungle Hunter on turn 7, then you play Omega Red with an active camel on turn 8. Now Omega Red is hitting your people in the back, and then on t- at the uh, end of your turn, depending on if Omega Red is face-up or not, or you play the Shadow Cat in the Gate uh Namor attacking, he stays face up. Now they snatch your Namor at the end of your turn. So they got Namor, Jungle Hunter, and Omega Red. You know? So um I think Sauron might come in handy too. Because Sauron says what? He's gonna make your MC hit your your SC or your S C hit yep. your MC. Yep. So Sauron might come in handy because with Namor being so big, depending on the situation, Namor will be hurting you. You know, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how this format is going to shake out. Because what is Origins, about a month away?
1: A little bit more. No, it's about a month now.
0: Yeah, it's about a month. Yeah, it's going to be uh, say interesting to see how it turns out. So, uh, any final thoughts?
1: Ah. I don't know, man. (laughs) Other than that, I'm looking forward to Origins. No, man, I'm just, uh, I I will say I'm happy that we're back with a podcast. I know it's been a while. Yeah, that's Um, that's on me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, somewhat. But, you know, life goes on. Um, I actually thought we were going to get a chance to do a non-spoiler podcast, but it looks like that's going to have to wait. within that's cool. But, you know, it, we're we're happy to be back uh, serving the Versus community. Yep. Uh, we got some new spoilers. We got some nice cards. Uh, I do want to talk about Thor a little bit, though, <laughs> while we have the opportunity. Yeah, go for it's, it. Things like, uh, This is what I have to say. I want everybody that loves Thor to play Thor.
0: <laughs>
1: Please play Thor in Dark Phoenix at Origins. I'm begging you. We're looking forward to seeing them. That's all I got to say. That's all I got
0: to say. Because is so much good stuff out. Like, I, I, I get that there's an ease of use. In playing Thor, but Thor isn't even high risk high reward. if you don't get what you need, you're screwed, and the odds of you get, getting what you need are way down because you only have one of them aside from locations you know so like i said it, it you can you can play Thor if you want to. I understand why people would
1: man, i'm not and, even I'm not even trying to go that deep into it, man. <laughs> but what I,
0: I'm, I'm just saying, I Thor. if you want to. <laughs> Thor in this format just doesn't seem like the best move. I get, I get the aggro of Thor, and I get the negatives of Thor as far as uh, addition negatives with the blue. But think about all the stuff that Thor needs to really make him work good for all the different iterations of Thor. Even the iteration of Thor that plays a lot of um, defenders, you only get in one defender character. You know what I'm saying? So if you used to play in, say
1: only getting one super census.
0: Right, right. You know, so um, if you used to play in a character for that character, does their team even have four people of the same cost to balance out your probability? You know what I mean? You, You know, a lot of times we used to play in two maybe three of a character on a certain drop and then as we go farther up the line like turn six we play the same character maybe two different characters turn seven we play in the same character jungle hunter you know what i'm saying that type of thing turn eight you play in the same character so you only getting one emh you only getting one think again there's only certain you only getting one of the things that makes makes thor good and now, I, w- I would think a lot of control decks like Mordor will be able to rip Thor to shreds, with a with a decent deck. Because there's way more control stuff out that would be useful, in my my opinion. Than than Thor would be able to handle. Because as soon as Thor loses a card, it's gone. That's it. So I'm, I'm thinking people like. Mordor and discarding a hand and stuff like that, that would devastate Thor. Because that's going to keep him from being able to level up if you got characters. Uh, I think people like Ronin and Pildor, they love this format. Even though it's only one Ronin and one Pildor. You know, characters that do stuff to your hand, they love this format. You know? Yeah, they do. Because uh, they get rid of the cards in your hand. It's a wrap. And it's like, okay, you can't even come back from that, and I could see if you had something like shield characters that used um what's that ability for you to see the next card or sc- scroll through the next card that's how long it' been since I played but uh now even...
1: you got whack characters on the field <laughs>
0: <laughs> right that's that's what I'm saying, but even if you had a shield character, you can scroll past your your people to see what you what you want like if you played um um slip shot or whatever her name is from shield so you can see a card to put it at the bottom. Certain cards you know you're not able to use, they'll come back later. Um if you got some uh gems in there, you know they got infinity, they can go back in your deck. You'll get them another time. You know, so um there's so many different things that seem like they will work better than straight aggro. I know aggro is getting to the point, but it's gonna be harder to get to the point if you don't have enough aggressive characters to pump out. And you only right. have one of them. So what are the odds like? Yeah, everybody'll probably play onus. I can see a lot of people playing Charlie twenty seven, but you only have one. Now what do you do? You know, so uh I think Thor with his negatives could balance that out. But that's just early game. If you got people that's that's playing the um five drop Thor that can heal, that means they got one more chance to beat you and they might actually do it. You know, so um it's just it's just so many different ways, especially like say with these infinity gems. These infinity gems, people going to probably be trying to ramp to turn 6 to use the gems to do stuff to you. They're going to always be able to flip you down and like I said, I don't know. Just my two cents. I think Thor's too vulnerable without all the stuff that he got. He he needs to make him work good, you know. The MCs in this format, aren't going to be able to run the show by themselves. They need a good supporting cast, but it's going to be a really, really varied supporting cast. But right. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm not a Thor. I'm not a Thor fan, so maybe some people that played Thor to figure them out and tested them, you know. But I think it's way better people. That's going to be aggro faster. You know, even C stacks put in that video for a uh, Black Spidey versus a uh, Red Skull. So I got to check those videos out, you know, because I'm like. Psh- I can just mulligan for Wakanda, flip this yellow, give me the Wakanda, go get the two-drop cube, bam, I'm 10-10. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Exactly.
0: And my cube stripping stuff out your deck. So the first thing I'm stripping out your deck is locations in the same format. You know, Black Suit Spidey, his probabilities of pulling what he needs between uh, eight cards is going to be solid because he's going to use the wild and be looking for either the yellow or the, the blue okay. That's fine. You know? And if you add Wakanda in there, he can play those locations from his hand and then still use Wakanda to climb. So now he's he's leveled up and he has a counter. So now he's seven seven. He's bigger than the, the average MC. And he's got stealth. So you can't even hide from this joker. You know? So, like I said, I don't know, man. It, I, I think there's some better MCs out there. I think some other people agree, but I don't know. I think I think people talking about Thor because it's a red herring. That's just you know my two cents. You know, I'd, I'd hate for people to think, well, "I'm play yeah, Thor." We, and... You thought that before, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> I'm play Thor, and I'm gonna do this and that. Nah, nah, it's more to it than that. Definitely more to it than the scene format. I think I think the children of the Adam format is gonna be a lot of fun. I think the scene format is for deck builders. Oh, it definitely is you really gotta go through each MC to see what they bring to the table and then go through each support character and say hey how can I best use this support character per per turn like what if this is a 4 drop character but depending on who I'm playing I don't want to play them on turn 4 you know just like when we was uh, testing some stuff out we played with um What's that dude? I, I can't. The five drop dude. That five drop, that the new five drop with Pounce, he's got that red ability. Yeah, talent. He's got that red ability. And it's like, okay, if you got your MC out, you got a six drop, a seven drop out. I can play talent and under drop. You know, let's say I play talent and I play, you know, Charlie 27. I play talent and I play um, um, Kane or some junk. Okay. I play talent. I flip the red. I'm instantly stunning your lowest cost character. So to offset talent being underdropped, I get to still stun somebody for, for red. I don't even have to attack this person. I just go for the lowest cost character. So now if you see that talent is a problem, you're going to be trying to balance out keeping somebody small on the field just so he doesn't get a freebie. You know, so there's like I said, a
1: lot uh, be happening, man.
0: right? It's gonna be yeah, so be unpredictable every single time. It's gonna be super unpredictable, you know. So, like I said, but um, yeah, you can play through it if you want to. I-, I think there's some better options out there because I'm definitely gonna be testing as soon as we uh get off the phone. I got some more studying to do, but I'm I plan on plan on putting some stuff together, so. I said we'll see how uh how it all shakes out.
1: Yep, looking forward to it.
0: Okay. So like I said, we're gonna wrap it up for uh this Team Apex podcast. If you want to reach out to us, you can always uh, reach out to us at team apex for the win at gmail dot com. It's team apex for the win at gmail dot com. This is your boy Cell, along with my co host.
1: It's Farron Lee.
0: All right, and uh, we'll see you guys in
1: the forums and chat rooms. Talk to you later. Peace.